And three, two, one. And greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Strange Crew podcast for Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. I am your host, JC the Blind Jedi. Welcome, everyone, back. And uh, I hope everyone is having a good new year. Um, the weather out here in Missouri, it's not too bad. I hope everyone is uh, enjoying the weather and it's, uh, I guess, it's averageness is, is the best way to put it. Because it's like in the mid-50s. It's not ice cold. It's the way Missouri always is during, uh, like, between October and, like, April. Uh, it, it'll get down to, like, somewhere between the, the 20s and the 40s. And the highs will be somewhere between the 50s and the 70s. And it's going to be like that, except for, like, either cold spurts or hot spurts. <laughs> It's the weirdest thing in Missouri, um, but that that's, we just have these awkward, awkward um, winters, and we have these awkward and awkward uh, falls. Our spring and summer, they're always hot, they're always humid, there's always bugs everywhere, uh, but, you know, the, the second half uh, is just absolutely out there. Um, I also want to sh- give a shout out to, uh, uh, on Evan's uh fantasy football league i lost uh your mom's new boy toy <laughs> i love that name uh he beat me in the final round so he's a champion i took second place not bad uh man I, I was not expected to make the playoffs i was expected to finish last in the league and i actually finished i believe six uh i think i did i got in with the very last uh playoff pick i was the very last playoff spot uh one uh beat everybody and then made it into the in the championship round but uh, obviously i didn't i didn't win the whole the whole enchilada so uh congratulations um your mom's new boy toy uh congratulations there not too bad not too bad um today today's episode is going to be a good one i have been working on this for a while um i have wanted to do a a, a i wanted to do a series review and I really wanted to do something different than all of the um, nerd stuff that I'm known for. I didn't want to go and just do something on uh, the Bad Batch, which is just now coming out. Um, the new series has just the new season of uh, the Bad Batch is just coming out. There's a couple of cartoon episodes. It's it's looking pretty good. I really really like this. I did not think that I would like this because. You know, there's no Jedi and, and, and that type of thing, but it doesn't need it. This is a very good self-contained story. I like the Bad Batch. Um, I didn't want to do that. Wakanda Forever will be out on Disney Plus, uh, I believe, February 1st. Um, I'll wait on that one. That's coming out in here. But I really wanted to do something totally different. And I got to be honest, uh, I had been, I, I, I had really not been watching a lot of tv because it, it just seemed to be the same same inane uh bs for a long while i don't know how many cook off and uh, you know american idol type of shows we have and dance off and all those others it, it just seemed yeah you know uh so the really the good storytelling is on the streaming is on the streaming series right now um i can remember I found this show flipping through the the little video shorts that you get um, from uh, w- when you're looking through Facebook. Those little, it's like Instagram and TikTok video shorts that they put out there. And this show caught me by surprise. I had heard about it. 
I had heard good things about it, but I hadn't really had time or the or the want and desire to invest my time to watch it. Uh, and it's, <laughs> that really is to my downfall. But uh, I'm glad I waited until now to watch it because um, I do not think I could have lasted had, having to wait an entire year. Um, Melissa loves, what is that Hulu series? Only Murders in the Building. And it's on season three right now. And she's, or it's on season two. They just finished season two probably during the summer. And she's going to wait all the way until next summer to wait for until season three. And that's the way it was with this show. And I could not, I, I would not have handled it. I would not have handled it well at all. And the show I'm referring to is called Ozark. And the reason why I chose this show, and it was, it's really, really good. Uh, <clears throat> number one, uh, the setting of the story takes place in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. And I know I'm uh, here from, from Kansas City. We know what Lake of the Ozarks, uh, Missouri is. It's a, it's, it's a travel, it's a vacation destination. It's a summer destination. Uh, it's one of the wildest... When I go down there, or the, the times that I went down there, I should I should say, was back in my early 20s. And that was Party Cove in the 90s. And that was its own little crazy uh, story. There's no need to bring up the specifics. Let's just say that I just had way, way too many wild adventures uh, at, at Party Cove uh, out at Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. Um, that was the backdrop. So Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. So, uh, and I guess the writers who wrote this story, grew up in the Lake of the Ozarks. And not only did this series capture beautifully the exactly what uh, rural Missouri is like, but the they also got the people. And I'm going to go over this. And it's so well done. It's so well done. So... The movie or the, the television show is called Ozark, and it centers around the Bird family. Uh, and the the father, of course, is played by Jason Bateman, and it's uh, Marty Bird. And he is a he, he's a financial advisor. He's a pencil pusher. He's he's a guy that works with other people's money, and da, 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 da. and he's built himself up a nice little amount of. Uh, he's built himself up a nice, comfortable living. His family has you know, a few million stored away and, and, and they're living a nice, uh, a nice life. His wife, Wendy is played by Laura Lenny, who, oh man, she's, she's great. Jason Bateman. I grew up watching him on Valerie and, and, and the Hogan family and all that stuff. And Laura Lenny, I remember her from the movie Congo. Uh, and, and she was also on Frasier, I believe. Um, they, they are just excellent, excellent actors. And they, they play this married couple so, so well. Um, the, they have uh, two children, Charlotte and Jonah. Um, we'll uh, um, we'll go into this more. Now, the great thing about Ozark is I was thrown off completely. I was thrown off completely with this. When you first start watching a show, it seems like it's going to be one of those boring Netflix series that is about a uh, wife cheating on a husband because that's really how the whole story opens up. Uh, Marty, Jason Bateman, he's sitting there. He's, he's giving that, that boring sales pitch of, Hey, come and invest with us. And in the meantime, he's sitting there and he's watching a detective video of his wife cheating on him with another guy. 
And so, and, and that's really all it is. And you see the family dynamic at, at when they're all eating and, you know, and uh, Marty is sitting there trying to, you know, what do you, what'd you do today? You know, cause he knows that she's, that she's screwing around and she, you know, all the casual little lies The Charlotte and, and Jonah are, are typical teenagers who are just like, Oh, I don't like you. I don't like you. You know, um, Charlotte is a spoiled little rich girl. And Jonah is one of those, he's, uh, he's on the cusp of manhood. You can tell he's 13, almost 14. And he's, uh, he's, he's, he's one of those very, very intelligent kids who is also so socially awkward. So he doesn't really get along really well. And you think that that's what this movie is, or this, this series is going to be. It's all going to be about Laura Linney and her affairs. And, and it really just, it just takes a whole nother turn. And that was what blew me away to this movie. Because you see how hurt and how distraught that Marty is that his wife's cheating on him and how much it's affecting his life. And he's <clears throat> having a fantasy about going and getting a hooker and he never actually does it. And while he's out in the middle of the night thinking about this, he gets a late night call from his partner and the whole show changes. The whole show changes. It turns out that they're financial investors that are, they are finance, financial investors. They are <laughs> literally uh, laundering money for the drug cartel. It'll be the Navarro cartel in Mexico. And they are running and they're laundering money for the cartel so that the cartel has legal money to move around while they're down in the, while they're south of the border. It's, it's, it's a great and when you realize this, what's going on and all of a sudden they all meet up and it, it, it just all of a sudden now um, black Cadillac SUVs become the norm. There's always some big, scary Mexicans with black Cadillac, uh, black Cadillac limousines, um, SUVs and guys carrying guns and in walks in um, the cartel is one of the major characters of the show and they bring it in and then. At that very moment, they realize that the firm that Marty is working for is skimming off the top and they just execute everybody and they're about ready to execute Marty. And for some odd reason, he convinces them not to kill him. Uh, I'm only going to give away a little bit of spoilers in this one. I, I, I fought with myself because this is going to be a nice long episode. I wanted to go over everything. So I wanted to bring you a little bit of the show and I was trying to figure out how I, I do that. So what I did, and there's a lot in here, um, I'm only going to give you the outcomes of two characters because everybody else is on the table. I'm not going to let, let anybody else know who lives and who dies in this. Suffice to say, this, this show just turns incredible all of a sudden um literally here is the scene that changes the entire show right here uh this is a youtube clip from lint halo it's all capitals it's l and the i is a one is the number one l-n-t-h-a-l-o so here is this is the scene where marty is convincing the navarro clan or the Navarro cartel to not kill him. And instead he's going to launder them money. 
So. Wait, 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 one second. Just talk to me for one second. Just hang on a second. Um. More shoreline. More shoreline than the whole coast of California. Excuse me. This place right here has more shoreline than the whole coast of California. And apparently, every summer, hang on, listen to me, every summer, the population of this place explodes. Tons of tourists, Midwesterners from all over the place, blue collar, white collar, loaded with cash. Okay? So I got this brochure. I gotta go. Hang on one second. Got this brochure last week, scouting businesses. And I brought it back to talk to Bruce about it. And I was going to talk to you about it because I want to put the house on the market and I want to move down there with the family and I want to do what we do down there. You're right about Chicago. The FBI and the ATF and the CIA and they're all they're circling around Chicago and they're tapping phones and they're monitoring bank accounts. And I just, we need a new hub. I need a new hub. Okay? This place, it's away from every single law enforcement agency in the U.S., and it's cash rich. Okay. Think about it. I mean, I like, do I go under 10% of what the cartel does in the US? Right? And even if you piecemeal like 5% off to some other guy, you know, which I doubt that you do, but even if you do, that's 85% that's getting shipped across the border into Mexico. All right? And how much of that's getting seized? A lot. It's a waste. How much of it's getting siphoned off to, you know, bribe the border patrol guys and the, and, the, and the cops and the politicians and the judges and all that stuff. It's all going out the window. Just give it to me. I want more than just a 10%. I want it all. I don't want to take it down there. Okay? What did these guys take from you? Was it eight? Is that what they said? I'll get you that. I'll put that together. I'll make you whole. You call it earnest money. Okay? I give that to you. But then I take me and my family and we go down to the Ozarks just like I planned. And I just start washing money. Tons of it. Nothing but washed money. That's all that matters. Come on. Come on. Five years. Three years. And I'm under twice what we're doing right now. Five years. Five hundred million dollars. I can do that. It's come on. For sure. Okay, I got to stop it right there. That was two. I, I literally just let you guys go for two and a half minutes just because that scene is so gripping. And I love that final tagline. In five years, I'll make you $500 million legitimate money. And that is what pulls you in. He literally talks himself out of being shot by the, by, by the Mexican drug cartel. And away we go. Uh, <clears throat> Marty takes him and his entire family to the Lake of the Ozarks. They move down there. They have to find a house. They have to set up. And then they have to start buying businesses so that they can buy these nice cash-friendly businesses so that they can put the illegal money in there, wash it with the, whatever cash comes in as uh, on, under as a regular business. And then it gets moved through a couple of different accounts across seas so that they stay away from the IRS. And then it goes back into these accounts south of the border so that the navarro drug cartel can actually access money that they have uh earned as drug dealers so <laughs> that is the premise of this story he's got five years to make him half a billion to make him half a billion dollars and he can do it um the whole first season is incredible 
you're going to meet a lot of great, great characters in this. Once they get down to the Lake of the Ozarks, they have to establish. You're going to meet. Um, you're going to meet a couple more big characters. Uh, the, you meet the Langmore family, oh, um, which is headed by the matriarch Ruth Langmore, played by Julia Gardner. This, this is what really caught me, and this is probably one of the best parts of this show was Julia Gardner's portrayal of Ruth Langmore. If you, for those of us who live in any part of Missouri, and if you know what the good part is, um, if you know what the good part of Belton is, you know where the bad part of Belton is as well. If you know the good part of the city, you know where the bad part of the city is. You know where that line is drawn at. And that's exactly Ruth Langmore. Uh, the Jessica Lang character is that girl from the other side of the of the tracks that we all know, and she plays this part so so well. I am so impressed with it. Um, she is a uh, the best way to put it is she's a white trash. Uh, she's a white trash small time uh, felon doing breaking and entering. Uh, <clears throat> they, the lives with her and the birds are, are always intertwined. Uh, Ruth Langmore has a huge family. Her father, Cade, is in jail for, uh, is in prison for killing somebody. Uh, she, Cade has two brothers, Russ and Boyd. Uh, they live within the, in, in a group of, of trailers out on the, by the edge of the river or out by the edge of the lake, uh, the Langmore property. So Ruth lives with uh, Kate, uh, Kate's brothers, Russ and Boyd. And Russ has a couple of uh, kids, uh, Wyatt and three. So there's a big, huge Langmore family. Um, and they are the local crime family. Uh, they're getting into trouble with breaking and entering, theft. Um, you know, they're, they're the local crime family, uh, you know. And they are always going to be dealing with the birds. Um, and it's always going to be a conflict. You're going to also meet, once you get down there, you're going to meet the Schnells. Um, the Schnells are nothing, it's no other way to put it, but hillbilly heroin dealers. Um, and man, they are hilarious. Darlene and Jacob Schnell are the local hillbilly heroin dealers that are the they're the local drug kingpins in the Lake of the Ozarks. They're, they're a very interesting couple. And then, of course, you've got to meet the FBI because, of course, uh, you know, this whole thing is going down. The drug cartel and Marty, he's taking all of his money and he's leaving. He's getting followed by the FBI. And the FBI is got different people in different seasons. But in the first two seasons, it's a guy by the name of Agent Petty. <laughs> He is probably one of my favorite antagonists in this one. He plays a sociopath undercover. Uh, he plays a sociopath undercover FBI agent who also happens to be gay. Um, and the homosexuality plays a big storyline and how he's able to a, a, a confidential informants and things of this nature. And so uh, he, he really is a sociopath. He really uses any means necessary. It's really, really, really funny to watch him, uh, to watch how, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just how disassociated he is from his feelings. And yet he is 
still just a absolute manipulative, uh, crazy SOB. Um, you know, like I said, with season one, they're moving to Lake of the Ozarks. They're setting up their companies. They have to deal with their new situation and launder money. The kids find out about all this early and they have to deal with this whole situation. So the kids have their own stories going on and everything like that. But it's really just how does Marty get everything set up? I'm not going to deal with any of the, any of the main things. But eventually he has to come into, uh, he has to find a way in order to get that $500 million, uh, in five-year plan up and running so that it just, he's not always constantly looking for ways to buy businesses and launder money through construction costs or through nail salons or something of that nature. Uh, but of course, everybody knows in, in Missouri, we have riverboat gambling that plays a big, uh, that plays a big thing in season two. Now in season two, uh, Laura, Lenny, uh, uh, Wendy bird, she really comes into her own. They start making money. They start amassing money. So now what do you do with that money? Well, she starts using it for political influence. Um, so season two is really about Wendy and her moving into prominence from just being uh, helping the family and trying to launder money to moving into a position of power and a power broker within the political scene. Um, she starts dealing with local uh, senators and state senators and congressmen and things of that nature. It's really, really interesting to watch that because that is the political scene and how they are able to manipulate the political scene, um, both within the finance, within the confines of being a legitimate family as well as being a drug kingpin family that will do whatever they can in order to make sure that they get, uh, make sure that they get their ends met. So season two is really, really something else. Um, like I said, Wendy goes into politics and Marty is trying to set up an exit strategy. He's trying to make sure that he, if he gets this thing up and running, that he can go, that he can run away. He can hide from the, uh, the cartel. He can hide from the FBI. He can hide from all these bad decisions he's made. And, it just doesn't doesn't work out well. Um, the cartel sends in a uh, they send in Helen uh, Helen Pierce and I call him Helen and the Hitman. It's Helen Pierce and Nelson. And Helen Pierce is a she's a New York lawyer. I mean, she's a very Bridget Nielsen type of woman with the red short haircut, and she's very got a very cold demeanor. And she's got with her the Hitman, the Lieutenant. Um, if you've watched Sons of Anarchy, you know this is this is your Sergeant of Arms. If you've watched uh, uh, if you watch Breaking Bad, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, this is your guy who will do your illegal stuff. He will shoot people, put people in body bags, and bury evidence. Uh, so you're introduced to these guys in the second in the second season, and the involvement of the cartel really steps up this time. As does Wendy's politics. As does Marty being able to try and get money squared away so that he can have this exit strategy so that he can get out of, uh, so that he can get him and the family out of what, what's going to happen. Um, really, this is one of those things where everything is going to be, uh, you, you know, everything starts to come to a head. Um, as far as the Langmores, Ruth's dad, Cade, gets out of prison around this time. Uh you know, Agent Petty has to move on to a different confidential informant. Uh, and then, of course, 
we get the Casey mob. <laughs> I couldn't believe they, they ended in the Casey mob with this one in the second season. Uh, Frank Cosgrove is a character and his son, Frank Cosgrove Jr. Uh, they play a trucking, they, he, he plays a Casey mob. They, they run a trucking company out of, and I believe it's Liberty. I believe I, when you see that sign, they're like going to Liberty. I was like, oh, I know exactly where you're headed towards. Um, but that was, that was season two. And what you're going to find out is that by the end of season two, Ruth has been trying this whole time to figure out where Marty's money is coming from and how to get a hold of his money. And by the end of the season two, she has finally earned the trust of the birds in order to start running their businesses. In season two, she's running the uh, she's running the strip club for the birds. But in season, uh, but then it, it really changes by the end of season two. They have finally earned her trust. They show her where the stashes of money is kept, how to run the books, how to do everything, and they're explaining their eggs strategy. And <clears throat> I'm going to stop right here, take a break, and then I'm going to go back, come back and I'm going to explain season three because season three is the big one and it's the only big spoiler I'm going to reveal coming up. Okay, and we are back. All right. So with season three uh, of Ozark, as we go on, season three is, it, it, you can tell there's a good time jump here. I'm, I want to say it's at least a year. But it may be more, so I'm I'm not exactly sure exactly. I mean, we can go 12 months, we can go 15 months. I'm not exactly sure, but what we do know now is that everything is up and running. The birds have moved up in status. They are now making some serious money, and they're uh, they are up there uh, as far as their political power. Uh, Wendy's has proved to be pretty well. Ruth is running their businesses just fine. She is their lieutenant, their, their second in command, and she runs everything, uh, even over the uh, kids. Um, the kids are very, very different now. Uh, in the first two seasons, they were really resistant against what was happening in the family and the, the change in life and everything like that. And by season three, things have really, really changed altogether different. Um, Charlotte, the older daughter, is really come around now. Uh, Jonah, the son, uh, the younger one, he's going through puberty, and of course, uh, he is really growing up before your eyes. Uh, it's it's really interesting to see the big grow up change between him between season two and season three. He really he shoots up. Uh, uh, he really shoots up in this uh, by this time, and it, it's so. Uh, I mean, the the thing about I loved about this as I was watching it was the fact that. It's, I'm watching it through Jason Bateman's eyes, and I feel that those pressures as a father, as as well as dealing with everything on the outside. So this this whole thing that where the whole family is has, has to deal with this situation is really what sucks me into it, because no matter what we try to do in a vacuum of our lives, it always affects other people. And I'm this this was so... So, so the, the writing on this was so well done. So in season three, the big thing, and, and I, 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 I fought with myself on how do I present this? And there's only one way to do this, and that's to give away season, season three. And season three, the big story synopsis is, is that while things are going good, everything else is kind of falling around. The cartel is going through a vicious drug war with their, with the Lagunas uh, drug uh, cartel. Uh, the FBI has now 
sent in uh, numbers people to try and bust Marty um, by sending in accountants and stuff. You'll meet the new uh, Agent Petty's gone. Now we have Agent Maya Miller. So this is another big change. And she's somebody altogether different. Somebody altogether different. And the way that the birds deal with problems in the first two seasons is nothing compared to the You can tell that they are getting used to being in this kind of quasi world of legal and unlegal uh, activities. And you can tell that they're navigating it a lot better. Uh, the big the big story that I want to, or the big plot line that I'm going to reveal is that Wendy's brother comes to visit the family. Uh, ben Davis, it's played by Tom Pelfrey. He's, he, he's, uh, he's on the guiding light from what I understand. And he, he's one of those, uh, he, he does daytime drama and things like that, but he does an incredible job. Oh, he does such an incredible job. He plays a younger brother of Wendy and he plays a bipolar uh, he, he plays he, he plays a, a somebody suffering with with uh, with bipolar uh, depression and, and manic and anxiety attacks. You can see it. They show it through. It's very very highlighted and his inability to deal with situations and going from those extremes of high to low. It's so well done throughout the entire season of three and four, and. <clears throat> The whole thing of his is is that Ben is that much of a disruption in the birds' lives that he could unravel everything. He could expose their drug cartel lives. He could expose what's going on, and he could get them in trouble with the FBI. So this it really becomes how do we deal with Ben? I mean, everything must they must deal with Ben as as fast as they can because in the meantime uh helen pierce from season two has decided to move to lake of the ozarks and by the end of the season we it's obvious that she's getting ready for a hostile takeover she's getting ready to have the birds killed and she's going to assume power of all of their properties and things of that nature we thought it would i i i was absolutely blown away uh the big reveal and this is the only person i was going to reveal is wendy orders the death of Ben and she puts a hit or she allows the hit to go onto Ben and kills her brother. It, it, it's one of the most shocking things. I, I was not ready for it. I was not ready for it, but I knew it was coming. And yet the whole time I, I wanted him to get out. I wanted him to get away and we knew what was going to happen. And really season three is all about how, when things are going good, things are always going, you're going to have real life always to deal with it. And a lot of things cultivate and cultivate uh, a lot of, there's a lot of things that cultivate uh, at the end of season three, um, the Navarro cartel. And you're going to meet uh, the head of the cartel in this, in this season, Omar Navarro. By the end of the season, he has accepted the birds they are able to bring in this whole plan and get everything done and everything works out in the end. But of course, there's a lot of casualties going, going through here by season, by the end of season three, we have, there are a lot of casualties. I'm not going to name them all, or I'm not going to name any of them, but I'm only going to give you Ben's death because Ben's death really is the problem with season four. And not that the, not that season four is bad, 
because it's not. Season four is a little bit longer. Uh, you can tell they broke it up into two parts. There's uh, there's 14 episodes, whereas in the first season, first three seasons, there's 10 episodes. They're about an hour long. You can get through them. Uh, I, I could watch two and then go take a break and then yeah, come back a day later. And so it was, it was a good, nice mix of it. But with season four, they broke it up. So there's 14 episodes. So they did seven and then they did another seven. And the first seven is really the whole season four is really about the exit strategy. Uh, like I said, in the first season and, and from that very first pitch, I got to make you 500 million in five years. Well, the whole point is they can start keep bringing people money. He can he can put it into the system and it can be laundered pretty easily. And he wanted that automation, and that's what he's been working on this entire time. And in season two, he was trying to get he was trying to get the funding through the through the gaming commission. In season three, you can see he's built up his empire now. You can see the that the Bird family has built up their empire. They're now they're now um, they're now powerful players in the Oat Lake of the Ozarks uh, area. Um, Wendy has is, is, is got political control and, and he's running a lot of businesses, things of that nature. But in season four, you're really dealing with the fallout of Ben's death. And the family is completely shattered. Uh, the kids find out that uh, Wendy allowed uh, Ben to get killed and it really creates a, a rift in the family. Uh, I Something I didn't bring up in se- during the season three thing that I'll just touch on briefly. Ruth was dating Ben. And so, of course, by the end of season three, she's no longer working for the birds. So Ruth has her own little uh, nice little story arc through season four, um, all about her regaining her, uh, uh, all about her cleaning her record and starting anew. Uh, It's really, really good. Uh, The cartel, uh, they've won the drug war. And so now they have to go and, now he's dealing with an internal conflict. Uh, Omar Navarro is, is is looking to pass the torch on, and he's got a, a younger nephew named Javi Alessandro. He's going to be taking over, um, and so the birds have to deal with him. And so this whole thing is about the exit strategy and whether or not the birds can get out of this. They can get away from the FBI's uh, look, the, the way, a look from the FBI. Can they get away from the FBI and the drug cartel? So that they're free and clear. They've made it. They're on the other side. They've done their illegal things. They've got everything set up. And now that they come out on the other side, not having to worry about anybody about law enforcement looking over their shoulder or that the drug cartel is looking for their money or somebody to come kill them. So how do they get out of that? Do they get out of it? What's going to happen? Who who lives? Who dies? That is the great thing about. Uh, Ozark, I could not believe everything that happened in this show. Uh, I knew what was happening, and I the thing of it was is that as I started watching it, as I started getting into it, I noticed that I, that I was getting more of those recommendations of those YouTube shorts, like I like I just played earlier. And for a while there, I started watching them, and then I had to stop because it was giving me spoilers to what was going to happen in the show as far as people dying, uh, big events and things of that nature. So I had to change it out. I had, I had to stop watching those because the show really, really needs to be watched from beginning to end. Um, 
like I said, uh, there's one one person I'll tell you who lives, and that's Marty. And there's one person who dies, and that's Ben Davis, and that's Wendy's brother. Other than that, everybody else is on the table. Who wins? Who dies? You're going to have to find out for yourselves. This show is really, really something else. Uh, it's four seasons, like I said. The first three seasons are 10 episodes. The last season is 14 episodes. It's worth watching. Uh, I, if you're one of those people who likes to binge watch, um, don't. I, I wouldn't recommend doing more than a couple episodes at a time because you will, you, you will end up watching an entire season before you realize it. It is that engrossing and that good. Um, the thing I loved about this was that how well the... John, just Marty, not just Jason Bateman character, not just Marty Bird, not just Wendy, but the whole family was able to become, was, was able to use everybody else around them in order to survive. And it speaks to the idea of how these, uh, how these crime mo or crime dramas work and things of that nature. And it's, because we always think of these cartels and these and, and these crime families and, and these people involved with them as these mindless monsters, as, as these vicious psychopaths. And there are, there are, but it's really that what happens outside of just doing that little hour or 15 minutes or maybe even five seconds of work where all you're doing is moving something here or saying something here or drop just that little bit of illegality and yet how it affects the whole different part of your life. So this show is really, really worth something to see. I'm not going to give away the ending. I'm not going to give away anything else. You've got to see this show for yourself. Uh, check it out on Netflix and uh, you will not be disappointed. Um, and that's going to be my review for Ozark. Uh, next week, I'm going to be taking a look uh, we're going to be doing a vintage look, and uh, we're going to be looking at stuff that everybody, nobody probably knows about, at least anybody, uh, and, unless they're from my generation or earlier. We're going to be talking about Dudley Moore. Um, I have been wanting to talk about him for quite a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you were growing up and you had HBO, as I did when you were a young kid, uh, when it first came on, 80, 81, 82, 83, um, when you weren't. HBO had movies in regular rotation and Dudley Moore movies were always heavily prominently featured. I, there's probably about like 12 or 13 movies of his that I watched from the time that we had HBO uh, in that trailer park out there in Topeka all the way up until we or in Olathe all the way up until we left uh, and we moved over to, um, uh, and we moved over to Overland Park in the Blue Valley area. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over the Dudley Moore movies next week. Um, so if, if you haven't heard of it, uh, I'm gonna be going over uh, things like uh, Bully Moses, uh, Unfaithfully Yours. Um, I'll talk about Best Defense, Mickey and Maud. So if you haven't heard of these movies, don't worry. I'm gonna go over them. They're they're a lot of fun. Uh, we'll take a look back at the old movies of Dudley Moore and how Ten, uh, the movie he did with Bo Derek. That's the big one I was trying to remember. Uh, if you haven't heard or seen of these movies, I'm going to go over them again and, and explain to you just what you're missing. Arthur, there's another one. Wow. Now I'm starting to remember them all. So tune in next week. 
I'm going to be going over the movies of Dudley Moore from, what was it, 1979 to, like, 1985. or He did, like, 10, he did, like, 13, 12, 13 movies in, in like, that span. So, and most of them are just absolute box office hits. I'm going to be going over the big ones. So, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, you'll enjoy that one. And until then, from deep in the Jedi archives, this is JC the Blind Jedi. Uh, all these all these references uh, for, are from my Catholic upbringing, so go in peace.